Welcome to Main Menu for the week of June 13th, 2009. I'm Jamie Pauls. This week, we begin by taking a look at Public Beta 1 of Windowize version 7.1. We look at one feature, the Script Update feature. Next, we visit with Pastor Tom Voss of Optasia Ministry about various translations of the Bible, as well as many other Christian books which they provide in electronic format. Lastly, we visit with Larry Scootcon about his life and work, what he is currently working on, and what we can expect in the future from the technology department at APH and the ever-popular Blind Cool Tech. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. On Tuesday of this week, GW Micro released Beta 1 of version 7.1 of Windowize. There are a lot of features, but I want to talk about just one very quickly. This won't take long at all, but I think it's worth showing you. I'm going to bring up the control panel with control backslash. Windowize active Windows point zero zero zero. I have advanced menus set, so I'm going to go to the file menu with Alt F. Open O pull down. We're going to arrow down. Close Z pull down. Save as pull down. Save as. Document specific settings. Edit dictionaries D pull down. Manage sets and scripts M pull down. That's what I want. I'm going to press enter starting. on that. Scripting status on you. Arrow down. Add or remove packages. A dialog. And that's what I want to show you. Let's go into this dialog. Menu closed. Install packages. I. Add remove. Version. 1.42. Package. Add remove. Install date. Tuesday, November 25, 2008. List view. So um, you can see that uh, I have not a Zero. lot of scripts installed. I don't uh, run a lot of scripts. That's just my personal preference. Apento clipboard version 2.8 package. Apento clipboard install date Tuesday, November 25, 2008. 2 of 21. And I won't make you listen to all of them. I promise. If we tab through this dialog box, add a button. Remove R button. Check for updates. U button. And that's what I'm interested in, is check for updates. Let's press the space bar on that. Cancel update check. OK. Button. Dialog. Package update. There are no updates. Default. OK. Button. If there had been updates... Dialog. Add or... I could have updated each script individually, or the really cool thing is I could have updated all of the scripts at once. I would have seen a list of scripts that needed to be updated. I would have seen the version that I had and the version that was available. Uh, that's a really good way of going through, double-checking to see that all of the scripts that you have are current. And when you do that, you may need to click on the license agreement for the, the scripts as they come up. But uh, the process is very quick. It is very uh, seamless as far as the running of Windowize is concerned. And it's, it's a great feature, I think. And of course, if you um, want to check for new scripts, you can certainly 
go to gwmicro.com forward slash sc for script central and uh, download Jamal Mazrui's um, install packages script which also goes to the website and lets you do a number of things and we're going to take a quick look at that as well control windows i launches it checking script central please wait showing new packages p accessible 1.0 list box 1 of 134 dialog install package i have this script set to show new scripts at the moment so that's things that i do not have installed if i tab through this dialog details d read only edit box so i can read through the details of that particular script that i'm sitting on install i if i want it i can install it log l button i can view a change log of the script all a button i can view all scripts those that i already have on my system and all the new ones as well new and or I can do what I've chosen here and just um, look at new scripts, things that I do not have installed. Updates. New button. Updates. Both. Three button. Certainly new and new scripts that I do not have installed and scripts that I need to update as well, if I want to view it that way. Mailed. V button. Conceal. C button. You can filter your search of scripts. If you don't want to see certain scripts in the list view, you can either hide or show those. Get packages. G button. If you want to actually just download the package file instead of installing the script directly as this script normally would do, if you just go to the install button or even if you just press enter on the name of the script, it will launch the install and just do it right there from the website. But you can download the entire package to your hard drive if you choose to do so. Save details. S. Button. Website. W. Button. Help. H. Button. Close. Button. Packages. P. Accessible. One. So I'm going to press Alt-U for updates. Updates. No items. No selected items. And once again, everything I have is up to date. So that's a good thing. So grab that public Get beta if you're a Windowize user. Download it. Uh, read the README file. We'll actually do that before you download. Um, play with it. And um, check out the install packages script if that interests you. And that's a really great way to find out what all is on Script Central. And it's a very quick and easy way to get that information. We're visiting with Tom Voss today here on Main Menu, and um, the reason I became familiar with you is because I use a product called the Victor Reader Stream, which plays um, text files as well as other files, and I became aware that you have Bibles available uh, for the blind. Yes. So tell me, how did you uh, get into that? How did that start for you? Well, it all really started with my own journey because uh, over the years I've been gradually losing my eyesight and I've had to make adaptations to that and as the years came along I realized that I would no longer be able to read printed text so I began looking for ways that I would be able to uh, continue to access things as a pastor uh, takes a great deal of reading to uh, prepare sermons and, and do just about anything nowadays. So I've, I've gone to using a screen reader. 
I spent numerous hours converting some of my most valuable books to readable text files in the computer. And uh, then one of the things, one of the key things that happened along the way that is I got a, a packmate, a braille note taker from Freedom Scientific, and I was looking for a Bible that I could use on that, uh, but it's a specific kind of thing and I could not find a vendor out there that could guarantee me that they could provide a Bible that would work for the purposes that I wanted. So my son, who's a computer science uh, major in college, sat down and within a few hours produced a very workable version of the New International Version Bible that worked well on the Pacmate. And so we got to thinking, how could we share this with others? and then it became a broader question of how could I share my other library resources with other blind persons and, uh, and of course the biggest obstacle is copyrights uh, so then we came by surprise across uh, the Chafee Amendment to the US Copyright Code uh, which allows a nonprofit organization to distribute copyrighted material in specialized formats to blind persons uh, and some others with disabilities without copyright holder permission. So that opened the door for us. We organized, incorporated, and uh, gained our nonprofit status as Optasia Ministry and that gave us then the opportunity to begin to distribute uh, the Bibles and uh, a large supply of other resources as well. Very good. I know I was pleasantly surprised because whenever I first found out about your service I wanted the message Bible and you know that's one of those things you just cannot find in Braille ah, certainly. And yep. uh, whenever I emailed you, you um, had it right there and sent it to me and it worked great. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, the question of how to get the materials comes up because I I don't find a website. Do you have one at present? Yes, we do. It's www.optasiaministry.org, and that's uh, spelled O-P-T-A-S-I-A, and then ministry. That's all one word. Very good. Optasiaministry.org. That's an interesting name. How did you come by that, by the way? Optasia is the Greek word for vision. Uh, vision in the sense of dreams, like when God speaks to someone in a vision. And we thought that that was appropriate uh, to suggesting an alternative way of seeing for blind people. That's great. I love that. So if I go to your website, are the materials available directly for download right there then? No, um, that's partly due to uh, my limited technology ability. I don't know how to set up a website to do that. So um, we have simply set it up so that you can view all of our resources, but then we send them out on CDs or DVD uh, at the request of anyone who qualifies, and we send it out free. Okay, excellent. So um, kind of... Uh give us a bit of a rundown of some of the, uh, the the things that a person can get from you guys. What do you have available? Yeah, okay. Well, we've got um, 24, I think it is, different Bible versions. 
some of the most popular ones, like the New International Version, uh, we've got the New Living Translation, we've got uh, the American Standard, New American Standard, King James, New King James, uh, The Message, as you mentioned, and uh, Revised Standard Version, New Revised Standard. We've got um, some Spanish Bibles, even. Um, and, yeah, quite a variety that we've been able to collect there. In addition, we have um, just partly guesswork, but we've got, I think, over 500 books of various sorts. Uh, one of my goals when I established Optasia Ministry was to provide resources that would assist pastors in preparing sermons and in doing the kind of work that pastors need to do in studying the Word of God and, and leading their congregations. So there are uh, commentaries, uh, very significant ones, I believe, uh, some of the best that are out there. We have some resources that will allow uh, pastors to do Greek and Hebrew word studies. Uh, I've even got the New Testament Greek text on, uh, in the library. We've got books on leadership, books on spirituality and prayer, pastoral care, uh, a pretty large devotional section. Uh, so in, uh, in the whole library there are certainly a lot of books that will be very useful to pastors, but there are many books that are very usable to any Christian who wants to do some reading in the devotional level or on the Bible study level. That's wonderful. So do you actually scan all these books in yourself, or how do you actually get them into the electronic format? Uh, quite a few of them have been scanned. Uh, that's really the way we began. Um, so, yeah, there's been many, many hours of scanning. Uh, we've had some good cooperation from a couple of publishers, and we have received a number of books directly from the publishers, which is especially nice because then we don't have to uh, deal with the little errors that creep in with scanning. Absolutely. Although I would say that th the scanning uh, capabilities nowadays are very good and uh, the text of our scanned books is, is often very, very good. That's, and, uh, yeah, I agree. We've also received books from other users. Those who have received materials from us have sent back uh, things that they have available and uh, that's expanded the library tremendously. Very good. So are you familiar with Bookshare.org then? Yes, I am. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. I mean, it sounds like you're doing a lot of the same thing that, that they are. A similar kind of thing, uh, except that I would say we are just very specialized in dealing with the, in the Christian materials. That's excellent. I'm sure you've gotten a really good response from, from the people that have used your service. We have, um, in terms of raw numbers, um, I think we have served uh, perhaps, um, I haven't checked the numbers exactly lately, but it's, it's somewhere between 350 and 400 in about two and a half years. Excellent. That's great. Yeah. And it's all just been, well obviously you've got the website up, but mostly from word of mouth or from just passing Word of mouth and I try to you know work through my various lists, email lists and so on that I can you know, if I ever get if I get on a list and anybody's ever asking about Bibles or something, then I reply right away and 
but then there's been a lot of word of mouth others have put our information on their email lists and it's been really good great so if, if a person goes to your website then do they see a list of the books or just information yes okay yes we have a page that lists everything that we have uh, there's a page of questions and answers just you know about Optasia ministry their details about how to get materials from us and so on excellent very good that's wonderful so talk to me about your church um, I'm a pastor of the Christian Reformed Church of uh, Wellsburg Iowa we're part of the Christian Reformed Church in North America uh, it's a congregation of about uh, 150 members in rural area yeah. and I've served here for a little over 20 years and it's uh, the church has been really good as I've made changes they have adapted I have uh, people who help drive me around um, so uh, they stepped up and made it possible for me to continue in my work and yeah we've made adaptations along the way and, and continued to do the work God calls us to that's wonderful. Yeah, those small churches are, I mean, they really do pull pull together. Uh, yeah, that's, they do. That's wonderful. And I suppose there's no, there's nothing like needing a service to help you provide a service. In other words, you're the end user as well as the provider. Certainly, yeah. I know the kinds of um, commentaries, for example, that are being used out there and uh, and those that are especially useful. So. Uh, I think we've got a very good collection available. So what are some some challenges as a minister who has lost your sight, you know, as a pastor? I mean, is, is there anything unique about that or just like anything else? Well, uh, like everyone else, we live in a world where people depend on print yeah. in so many ways. Um, one of the things that has helped a great deal is uh, electronics where we can communicate by email and most people are willing uh, you know on our denominational level too if I need something in electronic form they provide it That's and it can be emailed and it's much easier for me to deal with things that are sent to me in electronic form than things that are sent in print form because then they need to be scanned and there's an extra step involved right away oh, one of the things that yeah. I I had to do over the years I had had to adapt from using printed text to not being able to read it and uh, that's been a difficult transition I initially uh, concluded that I would have to learn Braille which I did but I've never been able to get my reading speed in Braille up to be fluent enough to read in public okay. so it came to a point here just a couple of years ago where I was uh, reaching kind of a crunch point where I was having trouble with the printed text and I couldn't read Braille fast enough no matter how hard I worked at it and then I discovered that I was able to listen to uh, text on my computer and repeat it aloud and uh, especially with the PacMate that I referred to before it's uh, been very portable and very handy and has enabled me to read scripture in public and, and do all the other kinds of speaking things I need to do. Excellent. Yeah. 
that's great. I mean, it, it really is. It's amazing to me the way you know because of technology and because of things that are available. Um, there are so many added ways of, of accomplishing tasks. You know, um, yeah. Whether, whether you're a super geeky person who has you know all of the latest technology, or like yourself, someone who's been forced into this situation and and you know you just really have to adapt on the fly so mm -hmm. that's that's great. Yeah, and I really consider myself fairly average uh, in the computer realm but uh, yeah there are resources that I can use and I've been very very thankful that the Lord's provided those absolutely well what would you like from the blind community in other words what can we do to help you in, in this ministry well, it gives us no greater pleasure than to provide something for people. You know, when people contact us, uh, it's a thrill to be able to send it out, and uh, we get a few responses back, and we've posted a few of those on the website, but uh, the, the one that probably uh, sticks in my mind the most is, is the person who received it, sent back an email and said, I'm, I'm laughing, I'm crying, I'm jumping up and down for joy. <laughs> Um, you know, we, we provide a unique ministry. I don't think anyone else in the world is doing quite uh, what we're doing. So uh, it's been a wonderful thing to be able to provide these things. Well, listen, you've given us uh, your website. Go ahead and give us some more contact information so that people can, uh, can get a hold of you. Okay. Um, they can contact me by email. Uh, a couple of different emails. They can contact me at Tom.Voss, that's T-O-M dot V-O-S at OptasiaMinistry.org. Or they can contact me at OptasiaMinistry at Juno.com. And phone number, uh, daytime phone number would be 641-869-3305. And I'll take calls at my home in the evening, and that's 641-869-3396. Excellent. Is there anything that you can think of that I didn't cover that we need to talk about? I think you had asked me a question earlier before uh, the interview started about how we can send these materials out free. And, uh, and I think it's, you know, the... The U.S. Copyright Code, the Chafee Amendment, has been a key factor there. They've, they've given us the opportunity to do this at uh, a very low cost since we aren't obligated to the copyright holders. Uh, there is, of course, some cost in it, and we receive donations, but we're, we've been very grateful for those who have donated and allowed us to uh, keep up with the you know, fairly minor expenses and, and buying a few new books from time to time. Thank you very much for taking the time to visit with us today. You're welcome. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to Main Menu. I think the last time you were on, you were talking with uh, Jeff and Daryl about some things coming up at APH, maybe. Oh, I'll bet that's, uh, I don't remember specifically, but I'll bet you're right. <laughs> well, it's been a, a lot of interesting things going on here. Absolutely. It's been a, it's been a while back. Well, I am really looking forward to this. I've been wanting to, to talk with you for quite some time. Um, 
I know a little bit about you because I think the whole blind community does if they listen to Blind Cool Tech, and I don't think there's anybody that didn't or hasn't. So, <laughs> But let's go ahead and recap a little bit and tell me where you were born and, and kind of a little bit about your life. Okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, you're right. I actually uh, want a lot of people uh, laugh at me on Blind Cool Tech because I sort of dared my whole life, <laughs> including the uh, the little series of career uh, uh, things we we did there. But yeah, um, my my uh, dad was in the uh, United States Air Force, so. Uh, just happened to be born uh, where he was at the time. Uh, well, no, actually, uh, uh, in Nebraska, uh, around uh, his family and and uh, so forth. But I grew up uh, pretty much all over the world. Um, and uh, well, in fact, both of my sisters were born in Germany, and I I learned to speak German before I did English. And I um, I had I problems when I was little. I had uh, cataracts, and I think that's what uh, contributed to my detached retina uh, later on in life, uh, both eyes actually. But I was fortunate enough to um, have pretty good vision uh, in spite of um, those problems. I, I had, uh, I believe I had 2040 uh, when I was in high school. So, you know, I didn't really even consider myself visually impaired or, or anything. Um, and then when I was about um, 16, 17, I lost my uh, left eye uh, due to an accident. And, oh, well, I didn't have good vision in the left eye anyway. So, uh, I mean, I, I won't say it wasn't a big deal, but <laughs> I wish I had it now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I had it, uh, what little vision I had then in that eye, I wish I had it now. But uh, then when I was about 21, uh, the retina in my right eye detached also. And it was, um, you know, they were able to put it back on and came back off. So now it's... Uh, no chance for uh, for that anymore. But um, you know, uh, like many of the, your listeners know, uh, blindness is not really a handicap. It's it's uh, an inconvenience at times, but uh, you know, it makes things challenging and interesting. And I'm I'm certainly uh, comfortable with it, and uh, don't really uh, don't really see myself uh, disadvantaged in any way at all. Uh, very. Uh, comfortable with blindness as a part of who I am. Now, if someone came up to me tomorrow and said, oh, we've got a bionic eye and you'll be able to see uh, 10 times better than any human on earth, I, I, I must admit I'd probably jump at the chance to try it, but I'm not uh, not hurting, not lacking uh, in, in my life. Uh, you know, I lead a perfectly full life with a uh, kids and grandkids and hobbies and a cool job and uh, so things are good one of the things that always impressed me about blind cool tech from day one was I always kind of call it reality TV for blind people <laughs> um, what TV? oh reality reality TV, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, is that you I mean you you know sometimes if you read articles you almost 
get the feeling that there are these super blind people out there that can just do everything effortlessly and uh, I mean, you know, I I think back to uh, the podcast where you went to CSUN and you kind of got lost in the airport. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you kept your cool, you found your way. And, I mean, you know, we've, I know in its in its heyday at the very peak on, on the list, you know, you, we got into some issues of, you know, how do you do certain things? And people were, were comfortable with saying, you know, some things are really easy for me and some things are, are not so easy. So... I really think that was one of the great contributions. Plus, I mean, you did things like pouring concrete that, you know, a lot of blind people probably maybe wouldn't have considered being able to, to do. So you kind of gave oh, us yeah. both ends of the spectrum there a little bit. You know, I got a, I got a lot out of that, too. When, uh, you know, we were doing, we had the, uh, the uh, voice, oh, what do you call it, voice message uh, thing on Blind Cool Tech, and got into some good discussions with people from all over the world, really, about different techniques for doing uh, things. And it's not anything that hadn't been discussed anywhere before, but it was really fun to, uh, and still is, to, to share, uh, you know, different things that you're good at and different techniques you've come up with for uh, doing various things. I know we, we talked <laughs> quite a while about... Uh, you know, being ashamed to ask someone to uh, cut your pancakes for you or whatever, or how to how to easily find the serrated end on a knife. You know, <laughs> it uh, like I say, nothing earth shattering, but it was good information to uh, share with uh, with everyone, and and I I benefited just as much as anyone from all the great ideas. That's excellent. I know you spent some time working in the oil fields. That uh, did you ever? I mean, if you had not lost your sight. Do you think that you would have done that for the rest of your life? Um, I, you know, I have no idea what I would have been doing. I, I sort of, uh, I really hadn't decided what I wanted to do when I grew up. When I grew up, and I, uh, I hadn't actually yet decided. <laughs> I guess I better get busy. <laughs> nah, don't worry about it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was sort of um, taking it one step at a time and, and I was trying to do like I encourage my children to do you know find something that you can put your teeth into that you enjoy that'll you know benefit uh, other people as well and I, I hadn't found it yet I, I don't think the well field was it uh, it was an experience I'm glad I, I did but I, I can't see myself out there uh, you know 100 feet up in the air in the derrick and in the you know, 100 degree weather at 50 years old. <laughs> good point. I hadn't quite put all that together, but that's that's a good point. When did you start messing with computers? How'd that happen? Um, let's see. I was in college, and uh, you know, I graduated from high school in 1976, and I know some people my age um, did get a little bit of computer ex exposure during their high school years, but um, the school I went to in Hope, Arkansas, um, I don't know if they never heard of computers, or maybe I just missed that class that day or something, <laughs> but nothing, nothing at all there. Um, later on, when I was in college at the uh, University of Arkansas Little Rock, um, you know, it was this was in the early 80s. Um, 
I, I considered a career in computer science, but um, I, I always thought of it as a real cold, forbidding, mainframe, long white coats, you know, uh, lab coat kind of thing, nothing nothing with punch cards, <laughs> nothing I, that really grabbed me. Um, then I, uh, I forget how I heard about it, but I heard about, uh, I, you know, I think it was some books from NLS I was reading about speech synthesizers, and lo and behold, there was a TI-994A that you could get a speech synthesizer for, and I I got that. I just went out and bought one, and oh, it was fascinating. I, I couldn't get over it. Uh, and then when the Apple IIe came out, it you know it it was like worlds past what that was. And I, I knew right right then when I got that first TI ninety nine that this was something I could sink my teeth into. Um, this was something that was actually fun to do. That was um, you know that had some real ramifications uh, and I had, of course I had no idea where things would go uh, with the internet and all you know being a uh, computers being multimedia boxes and, and all this but just the fact that uh, you know for a blind person when you could just write just just the word processing aspects of computing were I, I recognized very early on were big for us because uh, you know, I got my degree in English, and I had to do a lot of writing in school, and it was all done with a typewriter. Yeah. And I, I turned in a couple of papers that, you know, you could tell I wrote something, but there was no ink on the paper. <laughs> Been there and done that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I guess the only thing I can say for it is that it, it gives you a little advantage on the spontaneity of writing. <laughs> But as far as being able to review what you did, it, it was no uh, no fun. Exactly. So, what is the first major contribution to the blind community that you know people really began to be aware of the work that you were doing? Um, let's see. Probably uh, Word. Uh, I wrote this little word processor for the Apple IIe. Yeah. In fact, uh, um, that's how I sort of got you know, going into the business side of computing, um, I had written this thing actually in basic with some assembly language routines where they really needed to be fast, and it I was fascinated with it because it was such a, like just like we mentioned, you know, you could review and insert and blah, blah, blah. Well, the... Uh, Fred Gazzoni at the uh, Kentucky Department for the Blind was... Um, in charge of placing uh, clients around the state. And one of the um, places where he had quite a few people working were his medical transcribers, and he recognized that this was some good software for that, and he started buying it uh, from me uh, while I was, I think I was still in school, actually, at the time. And I was just sort of writing things just for my own uh use, you know, as an English major, and um, that that probably was the, the first thing. Uh, later on, I, I turned ProWords, um, I, I think this is right, into completely assembly language um, for the 
Apple IIe and 2GS, and it, you know, it made it a lot faster and snappier even than it was. And uh, I partnered up with uh, Jeff Wheatley, who had written a uh, Braille translator. And uh, oh, I, I had also done a terminal program because, believe it or not, back in those days there was no uh, there was no internet. Right. <laughs> there was no uh, Internet Explorer either, of course. So we really needed to have a way to, uh, well communicate with mainframes like at schools and stuff and the only thing around at the time was this program called Transcend that um, oh I think it was called Computer Aids had taken a commercial program and made it talk but even back in those days that you know you could tell it was a really clunky program and it sort of barely worked and uh, I thought you know this can't be this hard so I, I wrote a program called ProTerm that uh, basically was just a terminal. I mean, we don't even really use those kind of things anymore. Yeah. And uh, but it was great because you could log on to the university uh, mainframe and and do your thing over there, uh, and you could count the characters coming over the modem. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the days of the three hundred baud modems. <laughs> wow. Well, I first became aware of you. I had purchased a screen reader that uh, I wasn't real thrilled with, and I talked to Pat Ferguson, and she said, well, you need to uh, check out ASAP. And I thought, well, that's an interesting name for a screen reader, but uh, by golly, it um, it was an excellent screen reader. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, that was uh, that was a kind of an interesting project, too, because... Uh, I had uh, just bought a uh, an old IBM. This was even before the AT came out, um, and I didn't like it at first at all. And I thought, well, I need to write something, on, some kind of screen reader on here that would will be something that I can stand to use. And uh, believe it or not, I I don't think I could do this these days, but. I learned how to do assembly language on that machine and wrote the screen reader. Like I had the first version within six months of of obtaining an IBM and you know not knowing what to do with it or anything. Wow! And got such great feedback from the field. I know I'll, I'll never forget. I think Yanina uh, Saika was customer number one. <laughs> and, <laughs> He had all kinds of great ideas, and so did everybody else. And some of them, uh, I've mentioned this before, but some of them I thought, uh, you know, I, I couldn't understand. What what would they want with a feature that would unload the screen reader from memory, for instance? Yeah. You know? And uh, I, I incorporated, you know, most of the suggestions that I, that I could do. And uh, lo and behold, just about every one of them was you know, you could find a use for in, in some way. Uh, the, the unloading thing came in useful. Uh, you know, the ASAP supported command line parameters uh, that would let you do anything. So you could actually uh, write batch files that would unload the screen reader, do this or that, load it, make it say something. And it, uh, it was pretty exciting. Uh, and one thing I learned from it is that there's no bad suggestions, even if you're not, <laughs> you know, smart enough to be able to recognize what somebody's saying. You know, you need to really give it some, some 
better thought than just dismissing it out of hand. And I, I'm just so grateful for all the great suggestions I got with that program that I, I think that really made it what it was. Well, that and, uh, you know, from the beginning, I had tried some of the other screen readers on Windows and, you know, I don't know which ones you'd tried, but everything you went to do, you had to go review the screen to um, observe your output. So that that's where this automatic came into being. Um, basically, we just took a snapshot of everything that was on the screen every couple of seconds and compared it to what was happening last time it looked. And with some intelligent algorithms like, you know, tracking highlighting and tracking the way the cursor moved and some other things, you you uh, you really could get by without ever having to go into review in most cases and certainly didn't need any kind of uh, scripts or anything, although uh, later versions of ASAP did have uh, set files so that you could, you know, uh, give preferences to programs, um, you know, give specifics, um, you know, what what you might want to do if this appears here or there on the screen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a pretty interesting program. I used a screen reader called Isis, and yeah, it you know, you did go in and out of review mode most mm -hmm. all, all the time, so I, kn I know exactly what you're talking about. And then, of course, you, you worked with ASAW a little bit. Uh, kind of, you know, give us a, a brief rundown of, of that experience. Was, was that tougher to go to Windows, maybe? Just being a one-person? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a lot tougher. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, it was like when I went to uh, DOS from the Apple, I, I went kicking and screaming like a bunch of us did. Sure. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it was a much, much tougher environment. Uh, again, there was a learning curve. But uh, of, of the language and the environment, but uh, there's also a pretty darn big learning curve on the whole concept of a graphical user interface and finding a way to uh, relate that so that uh, it could be used by a blind person. And you know, again, we're all used to that today. But you can uh, you can imagine the pioneering work that went on with uh, well, Jaws and Window Eyes and HAL and all all these programs. This is a uh, it's amazing what they've achieved, and uh, you know this was this was back uh, before Windows 95 uh, even came out when I when I did ASAW and I was targeting it for Windows 95 because it was a pretty big technology difference between Windows 3.1 and uh, Windows 95. And uh, I, the you know the goal was to try to make a program that was similar to ASAP for DOS so that you wouldn't really have to review the screen. And in many ways, um, Windows made it easier for some of that. You know, you pretty much knew when a dialogue came up, you wanted to hear everything that was in there. Or when you changed the focus to a different uh, control in a, in a program or a dialogue, you, uh, you know, it was, it was easier to uh, not have to guess about the way the screen acted, you know, there's a lot of things in Windows that you just automatically know you need to speak. So yeah, that was a that was a real challenge and a, a lot of fun and a good learning experience. And I uh, <clears throat> I probably still would be working on ASIW today, but I, um, I got invited uh, 
to come back to APH. I mean, I left on good terms, but uh, they, the uh, technology program uh, here wasn't really going anywhere, and they, they you know, the, the uh, management at APH really wanted to uh, make a uh, technology. They recognized that it was a very important part of a student's education, so uh, they talked me into coming back, and I have actually never regretted it except for um, I didn't take into account that I was uh, not quite as young as I was the first time around and I just don't uh, want to get off of work at 5 o'clock and go home and program all night anymore. <laughs> Understandable. Understand. So now you just podcast. That's No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you received an award. Uh, this year anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> This year, anyway. This year, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you received an award from ACB uh, last year. What what was that award last summer? That was the um, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm not. It was the John Mattioli uh, Assistive Technology Innovation Award, the first one. Wow, that's excellent. Um, so yeah, they they just started that award. It'll be interesting to see where it goes this year. But uh, they wanted to recognize uh, contributions to assistive technology that, uh, well, like the name, that that were innovative. And um, you know, I I try to be innovative, uh, and I, I think we do a good job here at APH um, as far as bringing out products and ideas that aren't out there anywhere and looking at new ways to do things. I, I think one of my most interesting and favorite products I ever worked with was the book port. I, I don't know, if, Jamie, if you ever had a chance to uh, work with one. but I did own one for quite the, a while, yes. Yeah, that was a great reading machine. It was, absolutely. Um, are there any plans for the Bookport too, or is that probably not going to happen at this point? Well, I don't know what we're going to call it, but yeah, we're we're still we we feel like we have a uh, tremendous contribution to make to the portable reading device uh, market, and uh, you know we've really pretty much invented that market and through some very unfortunate circumstances found ourselves in a position not to be able to be in it, right, when NLS, uh, you know, released all their exciting online material. Sure. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we're going to be back in it in a big way and uh, bigger in, uh, in terms of uh, what it'll do for you, smaller in terms of uh, the device size. And... Uh, in a in a very exciting way, I, I think there's a lot of uh, well, there was a lot of neat things that the Bookport did that I I would like to see out there again. But there's also a lot of cool stuff that uh, you know wasn't even thought of back in the Bookport days. And and you know one of the things I'm talking about is uh, what the way the Kindle does with being able to uh, list out content that's available somewhere and either purchase it or, uh, or in the case of NLS, download it uh, or, or bookshare, you know, directly from the device. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the icon in the Braille Plus, but, you know, we have an application in there right now called the uh, newsstand and the internet book search that works that way with bookshare, but 
the idea is expanding that uh, into a smaller, cheaper device and making it more universal so that uh, I, I know, for instance, right now, uh, the DAISY Consortium is working on a the on Daisy online specifications, and once those get finalized, you know that that'll open up some more really interesting uh, interesting opportunities for uh, these small players to be able to grab content uh, online, like let a person browse, and in a, in a much wider environment than just Bookshare. So yeah, there's there's some cool things going on. I don't, I don't really know when we're going to have a product out. Yet I can't I can't really provide dates or specifics or anything, but uh, sure. we are working on along those lines. That's okay. It just gets people all riled up anyway when you give them a possible date. <laughs> I know, and then they get some disappointed when it comes and goes. <laughs> I tell you a product that you guys developed that I have just been thrilled with from day one, and that's Money Talks. Absolutely. You know, and that's another one of those where my short-sightedness uh, it, it, it taught me another lesson because when this product was first proposed, I was thinking, you know, this is not, nobody's going to want this, but this program turned out so much better and uh, so much more useful than I, I ever imagined. And that's one of the things I love about working with software. You know, you can... You can spec these things out and have a good idea about where you want to go, but as you get into it, you discover things. You, you learn more. You, you find ways to do things better, and you say, well, you know, let's, let's do this. This would be a lot easier for people if they could, uh, you know, just type, for instance, in Money Talk and have it, you know, narrow the register down to those items that uh, match that criteria. So, yeah, it, that was a cool project still is <laughs> and of course I would not I would would be remiss if I did not mention studio recorder because I do every bit of the main menu production on with that program yeah we just came out with a new beta this week of studio recorder in fact I seem to but have, you didn't even know that I Jamie. did not as a matter of fact <laughs> <laughs> I will have to go check that out is that one of those things that we're going to see quite a bit of of evolution on as as well well, yeah, um, we would like to have uh, an evolution of all our products, um, and and we will. Uh, it's just that um, for the time being, we're a little limited uh, in our staffing. Uh, we do have a – actually, I'll take this opportunity to uh, mention that we do have an open programmer's position um, so if anyone wants to check it out, any aspiring programmers out there, there's a, you can go to APH.org and uh, look under um, Job Opportunities, and there's information there. But, uh, yeah, we're looking to expand our department and devote some more resources to it. Uh, we, we do uh, a lot uh, with uh, very little people here <laughs> at the yeah. moment. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean... I would like, the the plan is, yeah, with Studio Recorder, we all would love to have DirectX support in there so that you could add plugins to do noise reduction and all the other uh, kinds of things you want to, you, you know, some of the more advanced things that you would want to do with sounds. Uh, just don't have the resources to do it at the moment. But uh, Understood. We're planning on it. Good. 
That's that's great to hear. Well, it's been a while since we've heard some regular podcasts from Larry and Jake, um, and I know you are super busy, and uh, you continue to certainly update the, the site as people send content. Is that something we can possibly look forward to in the future as well? You know, absolutely. Uh, I keep thinking of great ideas to uh, have a talks about, and, you know, one of them I actually... Uh, have been meaning to do for several years that I've got to get out in the, in the next few weeks, in fact, is a comparison between um, Windows Mobile and Symbian smartphones. That would be interesting. I, I, yeah, I, and I remember, you know, about four years ago, I switched over to Windows Mobile, and I, I was having the hardest time with it, and it just seemed so clunky and everything, and I, I thought, you know, I need to do a podcast about comparing these, and here about a couple of months ago, I switched back over to Symbian, and it hit me over the head like, wow, this is so cool. Where have I been the last four years? And it made me think, I really do need to do that podcast. That's funny, because I'm really wanting to ditch my smartphone and go back, and I, ha- I am hearing that more and more. That seems to be a real consensus, actually. Is that right? It, yeah, there's there's plenty of examples of, uh, of yeah, you know, and, and I think you can boil it down to the statement that Symbian is a phone that does all kinds of cool things. Windows Mobile is a device that yeah, sort of works as a phone. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so yeah, I plan on uh, doing them. I I don't really have an excuse. I just time. <laughs> well, I mean, you do have a life. <laughs> we we will grant you that. And you did do a lot of it for a quite a long period of time. So I'm, you know, I'm not surprised that you needed to take a, a little time and have a little, little space from it. But uh, it, yeah. it was always fun to, I can remember uh, one of the, and I don't know why this one sticks in my mind, but the, you went to the uh, the state fair. And mm-hmm. listening to that, it was, I mean, it really was almost like virtual reality or something. I can remember uh, being just so immersed in that particular podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun, uh, especially doing it with those binaural microphones. Uh, I, I got a lot of feedback from people that were, uh, would be, you know, they said they'd be just be sitting in their chair listening to it and they could feel things around them <laughs> or smell smells i mean it's no no uh, yeah. joke that's true well in fact do you remember uh jamie you had said you had started quite a discussion about being able to tell which way the traffic was going just by two microphones where you would think that it wouldn't be possible to do it but you could and i passed several of those little tests because you did some some reference tests later yeah uh, ab- yep. absolutely yeah <laughs> well, gosh, I've kept you for a little over a half hour. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about or before I before I let you go or anything you want to share with us that might be coming down the road that you haven't already mentioned? Or Well, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I love to talk about the stuff I'm doing, but uh, sometimes you can't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, uh, I I will say that uh, APH has got some really cool stuff going on, though, and we would like to find some good programmers out there and uh, ask you guys to watch for some cool products that have come out. I, I might mention the uh, Refresher Braille 18 that uh, was just released here 
very recently, which is a portable Braille display, uh, well, and keyboard, about the, about the size of the Braille Plus, actually, but 18-cell um, display, it's really cool and fairly inexpensive at sixteen ninety five, uh, not $16.95 <laughs> either, although uh, that would be nice. <laughs> yes, it would. So, uh, yeah, just got some uh, exciting stuff going on, and I would... Uh, probably need to get in there and do some updates on uh, Marley uh, every time I see her. I think uh, I used to get her to try to say blind cool tech when she could barely talk. Absolutely. <laughs> How old is she now? I uh, just went to her, uh, wow, wait a minute, it was fifth, yeah, her birthday party was um, 30th of May and uh, she just turned five. Wow. That's, I hope that's right. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Putting you on the spot now, aren't I? Yeah. I'm not good with ages. <laughs> well, listen, I really thank you for taking the time to visit with us today. Well, thank you, Jamie, and uh, good luck with the uh, main menu there, and uh, we'll be listening. Excellent. Pastor Tom Voss and Larry Scootcon were our guests this week. We'd like to thank them for joining us. Go check out Public Beta 1 of Window Eyes version 7.1 at www.gwmicro.com. Drop us a line here at Main Menu. Send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. On behalf of Jeff Bishop and the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week. <laughs>